On this week's episode, we're celebrating Bee's birthday with the Freddy Krueger killer, Daniel Gonzalez, and listen to Bee's review of her favorite installments of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So whatever you do, don't fall asleep, and come on down to the pod shed. We're drinking our wine with a side of birthday cake and talking about murder. THC, Charlie Woodcraft. <laughs> your host, Ryan. Jesus Christ. It's your host, Bailey. What, you didn't like my song, B? I did. I just, wow. <laughs> Speechless. I know. About the song or the fact that we finally have a new president? The song. Oh, I, I like just, the song. I know, but it's just so like out in left field. Never saw that coming. <laughs> it hit me like a train. Speaking of. Well, so- I could have played uh, Fuck Donald Trump, which has been my real theme song for the past four years, but I was trying right. to keep it a little bit more cash. Uh-huh. Um, someone got hit by a train recently. Wow. Exciting. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, guys. I woke up to that news the other day. Your local true crime, true horror movie podcast. Mm-hmm. How's everybody doing? How are you doing, B? The best ever. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Feeling great at 28. There you go. I'm so- Is that the episode? We're on 27, remember? <laughs> I was thinking of your actual, because it's your birthday episode. Yeah. I was thinking of your age. Right. I was trying to say you're turning 28. Sure. Happy birthday to Bailey, everybody. This is her first ever podcast birthday episode. There we I'm go. I'm very excited. We kicked off this podcast with my birthday. That's right. Yeah. And so now we've made it all the way to January to B's birthday. Happy birthday, B. Cheers. Woo. And let's taste this fucking wine. I bought a new type of wine. We always drink the same wine. Oh, smell it. Ugh. Smells like wine. Yeah. It tastes like it's already watered down. Yeah. It's not as good as our normal dark horse Pinot Grigio that we usually drink. Yeah, no, it tastes like that and somebody already left their ice cube sitting in it for like a day. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely and it's definitely not as smooth as dark horse. It's got a bit of a kick to it. But you know, fuck it. It's good wine. times. Good I've drank way worse. Oh, yeah. But it's I bought it because it looked pretty in a new bottle. It was the same price as our beloved Dark Horse. It is an appealing bottle. We until- tried it. Until, dude, it looks like it has a screw off top. You take the top off and there's a fucking cork. And the weirdest cork ever. We Who- couldn't get it to pop out. So we popped it in. <laughs> Who do they think we are? Real wine drinkers? No. Ooh. We like a nice screw off lid. We like things easy. Yep. That's Slutty right. and easy. So happy birthday, B. Hey. Your birthday is actually in a couple days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're kicking off your birthday weekend. When you get this old, you have to stretch it over time. <laughs> That's right. You gotta roll it into like a whole weekend. Not me. I'm gonna try to pretend my birthdays don't even exist. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to ignore it. 
My mom did send me a text to remind me of how old I'll be turning. And like, just remember, you will not be 38. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. Thanks for the yeah, advice. If, if I'm taking age advice from anybody, it ain't your mom. I know. How dare she? I know. Okay. So. Um, really quick while we're speaking about my mom, we had touched base on the Richard Ramirez documentary. Night Stalker. And, and I said, ask your parents about it. My mom's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have a fucking clue. She's, she's like, like, is that someone I dated in the 80s? Right. She's like, I remember watching a lot of football that year. And um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> How can I say I'm not surprised at all? My dad, on the other hand, was like, well, yeah, it was that and Zodiac. And, you know, what else did we have going on? So it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, he also had the Golden State Killer running around at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But that was just so funny. My mom. No. Who? What? That's so funny. I know I have to finish the Night Stalker. I've been heavy into Survivor this past week. Once you start, it's hard to stop. Well, I'm a lifelong Survivor fan. I just, once I started having kids, it was hit or miss mm-hmm. if I watched it. Mm-hmm. So Hulu right now has everything up until like season 38 and they're on like season 40 now. So pretty close to like, you know. Up to date. And so I've just been going back and going through the seasons and like, oh, I remember that person. So I've just been trying to watch the seasons where I don't know anybody. Yeah. So it's great. It's always great. There's it a is. reason it's been on for 40 seasons. That's all I've been doing is watching Survivor. I know. And I had never watched it until I started dating Nick. Yeah. And uh, we've never stopped. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to celebrate your birthday, B, <clears throat> I got you a present <gasps> that you're going to open on air. Oh, my goodness. Ah! Look how cute the bag is. Very Lisa Frank. In a signature move, I don't have tissue paper. So what I use instead. Streamers. Streamers and old pieces of wrapping paper. Yay. How much tape is there? Oh. How did you know it was going to be a lot of tape? You're so rude. I know. You always tell me to keep the microphone held up to my mouth. (laughs) Now I can't open it. Just put it on your lap. They'll hear you. I taped the whole thing, baby. It's like Fort Knox. I got to use my teeth. No. Where's the wine opener? <laughs> We're breaking out the wine or- opener. See, it was, look. Meant to be. All happened for a reason. It's all coming together. Without the shitty new wine, I never would have gotten into this present, which I'm still barely into. God damn. So, do, yeah. do, do, do. I had to make it hard to open because I knew that once you touched it, you would Ooh, know. It's a Blu-ray. Oh, a blood rage. Oh, my God. What an amazing cover, too. Yay. So good. Amazing. Definitely posting a picture of that. That's all there is. That's fine, because now I want to put all the rest of the straps back in it. Where did you find this shit? Um, a little shop. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Amazon. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Besides the slave wage thing. <laughs> well. <laughs> Happy birthday, B. Thank you. Now you have Blood Rage to add to your and collection. You got it on something I can actually watch because once again, it was a real struggle this week finding the ones I wanted to watch because I only have them on VHS and our VHS player <clears throat> and somehow isn't compatible. With our- I literally almost bought you the Blood Rage VHS mm-hmm. and that went through my mind. And I was like, nope, <clears throat> here it is on Blu-ray. Right, I finally have to grow up and move on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it just means you get to start your collection in DVD form. For sure. And by the time you finish that, it's going to be something different. It's going to be like microchip form and you have to figure that out. <laughs> just inject it in under like a chip underneath my skin yeah. and just watch it through my eyes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's where we're going. 
So big things this week. B's birthday. Check. New president. Inauguration. Check. Inauguration. Check. Love it. Um, How bad do you want to know what was in the note? left oh more than i've ever wanted to know right, i want to read that it's better than the note on jersey shore like, it's gonna be so it's gonna be like two sentences i know but the, i need i need to know what those do like, you think he even wrote is it? it like sniff my balls no <laughs> i bet you i would put every last penny of the three dollars i have in my bank account on the fact that it's somebody wrote it for him i yeah. bet you trump didn't even know that there was a note yeah. i bet you an aide wrote it for him yeah mm-hmm. you know oh what my I mean? gosh so good i love reading the past president's letters are so gracious and mm-hmm. classy i think that was the big thing for me for the inauguration i mean whatever if look if you disagree with us just stop listening now we really don't care just having like class again show up you know what i mean and like intelligent How well-spoken did people. michelle obama look Woo, she fire she fucking beyonce yeah is she fucking beyonce that was the best part did you think you were getting sworn into presidency i mean as you, I, that's what i as you should but damn did you have to make everybody else she, look that bad shit on those girls <laughs> i know that was the best part about the whole thing forget the new president Ooh. forget all everything else i just she said she looked the, fucking fire and the tiktoks that came out about the inauguration no. and about michelle the tiktoks and the memes about fucking bernie sanders with his mittens oh that's why i like that song bernie's wearing yeah. mittens no i did for holding mm-hmm. kittens oh yeah. my god no i know i loved the, but there were so many tiktoks at least on my for you page about michelle showing up and then they would be like michelle walking to like beyonce's yeah. music right. and <laughs> yep love it she looked like a fucking queen and yeah. barry knew it did you see barry mm-hmm. he knows who he married he knows he married up. Love it. Oh. It was so great to see them. It's like, I don't know. Memories. I missed him so much. <laughs> I missed him so much. In the corners of my mind. So those are all good things. Um, And then last week we recorded right before our little get together for Fies- for your daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. How was it? Did you have fun? I did. Her fucking eyeball exploded. <laughs> she got a little bug bite on her eyeball, which she apparently was allergic to. Not on her eyeball, on her high lid. Yeah. But other than that, I thought it was a success. Yeah, it was really We watched really a cute. movie. The kids got to run around like wild people. We had some fireworks. Yeah, it was really cute. We got Great the birthday. neighborhood riled up. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. Mm-hmm. And now we have your birthday. What are you going to do for your birthday? Hopefully nothing. Not a goddamn thing is right. what he's doing for her birthday, Hopefully y'all. Hopefully fucking nothing. Oh, it sounds so just heavenly right now. So because it's your birthday episode, what are we doing for your birthday? We're doing a apparently a fry or a freddy krueger killer freddy krueger killer we're doing breakfast for dinner yes we're doing we're doing a bit of a reverse engineered episode Mm -hmm. so instead of the movie being based on the events the events are not really based on the movie but we're going with it liked freddy yeah we're going with it so I wanted to give B something fun to watch for her birthday. Nightmare on Elm Street, one of our all-time favorites. How can you not love Freddy Krueger and the whole series? So nobody based Freddy on anybody real. So I found a guy in, this is a little present to me, in England. The whole, that is a present whole to you. thing mm-hmm. takes place in England. Um, and he was like obsessed with horror movies. So his nickname in the media was the Freddy Krueger Killer. So I do have fun facts. Do you want me to save them for the end or do you want to? What is it a fun fact about? So this one relates to what you just said, what Freddy Krueger is based off of. Okay. Okay. Hit me. So he is a combination of a bully that 
used to harass and beat up Wes Craven uh-huh. as a kid. Mm-hmm. A local town drunk who mm. would scare the shit out of the kids who wore the hat. Yep. And then scientifically, the colors of the sweater, the red and the green, when mm-hmm. they're put together like that, it makes the mind uncomfortable. It makes you like not at ease. Oh. Right? So he kind of sets you up. So yeah. when you see him, it already makes your mind go, uh-uh, I don't like this. That's funny. And then he had a fear of cats growing up, specifically their claws. Ooh. So there's our glove. So he's just an all-around nightmare machine for mm-hmm. Wes Craven. Yeah. Exactly. It is Wes Craven's nightmare. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no wonder I couldn't find fucking anything on the internet. Yeah. Freddy uh, was based on. <laughs> so this is episode, I put 27. Yeah, episode 27. Mm-hmm. We already talked about that. Again, another another email warning on top, so you know it's going to be a good do. one. This is the case of Daniel Gonzalez, a.k.a. the Freddy Krueger killer, a.k.a. the Mummy's Boy killer. You're telling me a guy named Daniel Gonzalez is mm-hmm. living in London? Yeah. Wow. Bailey. <laughs> Just Daniel Gonzalez. Sounds like, like, like a neighbor. <laughs> of ours? Yeah. Here in California? Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> so I got everything um, off of a great article on courtnewsuk.com. Ooh, I love a good uk.com moment. Yep. Um, it's an article by Peter Stubbly or Stubley or Stubley. The best. <laughs> of course, Wikipedia. And then just a couple of little things I got from a website, getsurrey.co.uk. It's a Surrey news website. And that was an article by Matt Strudwick. Strudwick. So, Bailey, this case sent me down a deep rabbit hole of, um, like, Southeast England geography. So. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Let's fucking get I, into their burrows. Listen, we, we nailed the five burrows. We got those implanted in our head, except for how, neither one of us still know what Yonkers is or where it's at. How many square miles is England? <laughs> uh, well, it's different. They're on the metric system. I don't know. How many football? They're 172 million (laughs) crumpets big. Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) So um, counties. We're going with counties because then there's also towns. It's too many names. Apparently counties in England. I don't know if this is true. This is the vibe I got (laughs) from looking at the Google image. (laughs) I I have a feeling that the counties in England are like the states in America. Right? Yes. I got so you. So in America, B and I live in a county. We grew up in Contra Costa County here in California. Well, we live in the state of. We live in a different county, still in the state of California. Yeah. In England, when they say county, I think it's like a state. It's much bigger. It's way bigger because then there's towns inside of the counties, right? Yeah. This takes place in Surrey County. Would you like to know where Surrey is? You know I do. It is um, Southeast England it's on <coughs> the left of London. So London's on its right. Okay. And I couldn't figure out what county London's in. London's so big that I think they consider it its own thing. Yeah. And so like there's London and then the greater London area. And that like bleeds into the counties that surround London. So okay. London like bleeds into Surrey. Okay. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Sure. <laughs> Great. I perfect. so much. Yep. A little fun fact for y'all. I didn't know I'm the biggest Harry Potter fan. I've read the books a million times. I got three Harry Potter tattoos. 
Harry Potter's family, his Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia, where he yeah, grows up, yeah. is Little Winning Surrey. Oh. So we are in the county where Harry Potter grew up. I love it. Great. So there's your geography lesson, children. Correct me in the comments if, you if I'm wrong. take nothing away from it, just remember the Harry Potter shit and you're still going to sound cool if you bring it up in conversation. For sure. And just know that London's in the south. It's in the southeast, but we can just shorten it to south. And Surrey is its neighbor. Surrey's right next door. Great. And also Tom Cruise's daughter. <laughs> Spelled different, but I appreciate where you're going I with it. I just had to. I could not. June 21st, 1980. Daniel Gonzalez is born in Surrey, England, to an English white mother and a Spanish father, Bailey. Well, That's right, because there's other places in the world where Spanish people could possibly exist. I'm just expecting crumpets. <laughs> he probably ate those. I know. And what would people actually eat in actual Spain? We only know Mexican food. What I know. It? Olives. Rice. <laughs> paella. Hey! Paella is Spanish. So mm-hmm. we probably grew up eating crumpets and paella. <laughs> yes. Also, I don't want to be the one to bring this up. Oh, God. But I will throw myself in front of the metaphorical train here. He's kind of fine. Oh. When you see pictures of him, you know. Well, I'm a little dead in the eyes. A little <laughs> crazy <laughs> town. <laughs> Spoiler but, alert. <laughs> listen, he's not bad. He, he ain't no Richard Ramirez, okay? All right. He's fine. Ooh, okay. okay, Daniel. June 21st, 1980. Daniel Gonzalez is born in Surrey to his white mom, Spanish father. Parents get a divorce or they separate in 1986 when Daniel is six years old. And now it's just him and his mummy. As a small child, Daniel was known to be a good actor he was good in drama class he was good at chess but he's also kind of like dark and troubled he starts exhibiting disturbing behavior like talking to himself and laughing for no apparent reason um i also heard somewhere that he was like a bedwetter till a really late age but then i didn't read that anywhere so i don't know if that's exactly true but we'll go with it i heard on a podcast one time that he was also a bedwetter so whatever um i mean Lots of people wet the bed, I guess. Uh, So eventually he's thrown out of school for drawing offensive things in textbooks. And he even likes to do the scene where he leaves straight pins sticking straight up in people's chairs to sit on. Wow. Okay. Lovely. His mother's so worried about his behavior that she brings him to a therapist when he's 10. Daniel is repeatedly admitted to the hospital for psychiatric treatment, eventually being diagnosed as a schizophrenic in 1999. Now a grown man, Daniel lives at home with his mum. He has no job. He has no girlfriend. He has no friends. He spends all of his time playing violent video games and watching porn. <laughs> Probably. But he's the Freddy Krueger killer watching yeah, horror, horror movies. movies. He's yeah. obsessed with horror movies, B. My God. Um, and then also on top of that, to deal with his problems, he self-medicates with drugs and alcohol to excess, you know? So by 24, he starts to fantasize about killing people just like his horror movie icons, Mm -hmm. especially Freddy and Jason. Those are his boys. Love. He tells his mom, who keeps trying to get him help, and she keeps being told by doctors that he's not at high risk and he's safe to be in public. Um, His mom even writes a letter to her local member of parliament wondering if something terrible has to happen for him to like actually receive care. Sounds like mom's like afraid of him. 
Well, he's telling her that he wants to fucking kill people. No, he, like, but literally, like, she's not doing anything to stop him from... She's trying. That's the thing. That's what yeah. I'm saying is she keeps going for help and doctors keep releasing him. No, no, no. I mean, like, stop playing the video game. Stop watching the movies. Not like... I know, but how do you tell your 24-year-old kid what to do? True. I mean, I guess she could kick him out of the house. But she doesn't want to, like, put him out there to do something bad. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she even asks the rhetorical question... Quote, does my son have to commit murder to get help? Um, which is a little freaky because it's a little bit of a prophecy. Um, okay, so finally, Daniel snaps. He spends a weekend at a rave in East London, high on cocaine, ecstasy, and ketamine. Oh. Ketamine's back, people. That Monday, he's seen running from his home naked. And then the follow that Wednesday, September 15th, 2005, his attacks start. Around 9 a.m. that morning, he takes a steak knife from his mom's kitchen, packs a backpack with clothes, and takes a train to Hampshire, which is just west of Surrey. I believe I'm only using county names. I'm 99% sure I'm only using county names. So towns get too confusing. So besides London, it's all counties. So I don't know where in Hampshire, unless Hampshire is a city. (laughs) Who knows? I don't. Uh, on next week's episode, we get a I'm fuck- really start to break we're down we're the geography of England. Map. Next episode, uh. two hours later, he's waiting in isolation. Um, uh, he's hiding in an isolated area of Ports Creek, which is a popular like trail spot for jog- joggers, walkers, whatever. Mm-hmm. He eventually lunges out at 61 year old Peter King and his wife Janice, who are walking their dog down a narrow path. Daniel sticks the knife out towards Peter's throat, nicking him on the chin several times. The two men then tumble to the ground where Peter manages to push Daniel away. Daniel runs off muttering, I'm a schizophrenic. I can't help it. Wow. (laughs) Frustrated by his failure, he takes a train to West Sussex, Sussex, Mm -hmm. south of Surrey on the coast. Sussex, south of Surrey. Oh, my God. West Sussex, Uh, which is south of Surrey. Mm -hmm. And I just put it was on the coast because I thought maybe if you guys know could picture England in your head, you can now picture he's on the south coast of England. Okay. Um, he arms himself with a second stolen knife and a white hockey hockey mask, and lies in bushes waiting along a footpath for the perfect victim. Seventy-three-year-old Mary Harding, who's a pensioner. You know what a pensioner is? No. A retired person because oh. they collect a pension. Oh. A pensioner is walking home alone. Daniel attacks her from behind, slitting her throat before going through her purse where he steals twenty a 20-pound 20 note as she bleeds to death. He then gets back onto a train, heads home, and starts to work on his diary of murder. A diary of murder. In his diary, he writes, quote, I will be a serial killer. I mean it. I promise. I will be a serial killer. I got that old bitch proper. Bloodbath pouring out of her throat. Boy, McFlurry. I got to say this. It felt really, really, really good. One of the best things I've done in my life. Why has he got to ruin the McFlurry? <laughs> you never get strawberry topping on that McFlurry again. Ugh. The next day, he heads to London. His goal is to commit 10 murders and become an infamous serial killer, just like his horror movie heroes. Wow. I like how he nailed it on 10. Like I know. 13 and I was unclear or... if it meant 10 more in London or if the overall goal was 10 and yeah. he's already counting Marie towards that goal. I'm okay. not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he binges on more drugs and alcohol, steals two more kitchen knives, and arrives in North London at 4 a.m. on Friday, September 17th. Stalking the deserted streets, he spots Irish-born pub owner Kevin Malloy, 46, walking home alone after the pub closed. Kevin is discovered an hour later lying dead on the pavement with stab wounds to his face, neck, chest, and abdomen. Daniel later laughed when he tells police, quote, he was just some bloke walking down the road and I pulled a knife out and stabbed him. As I was stabbing him, he said, what the hell are you doing? So I said to him, are you stupid? I'm killing you. And then I killed him. Okay. At 7 a.m., he breaks into the home of Kumis and Christella Constantinou. Constantinou? I'm so sorry. Comus, Kumis, and Christella. I apologize for my terrible pronunciation. The, the couple awakes to the sound of glass breaking, and they run out of their bedroom to find Daniel standing in the kitchen with an eight-inch knife. I don't know how to say his name. I feel really bad. Kumis? K-O-U-M-I-S. Sure. Kumis. <coughs> okay. We're going to try not to. All right. Kumis grabs a baby cradle to defend himself, but can't prevent Daniel from stabbing him in the arm and chest. The two men then take turns biting each other. Wow. Daniel bites Kumis on the right hand. Kumis, in turn, bites Daniel in the neck. Christella then starts beating Daniel with a slipper before running from the house screaming for help. Sorry. I don't know why that whole scene is so funny to me. <laughs> Just the biting and the slipper <laughs> and the... It's so funny. Daniel flees from the scene, jumps into a taxi covered in blood, stops to buy another knife, and heads to North London for his most savage attack yet. Okay. So I believe Kumis and his wife Christella survived that attack. Yeah. But, but the, only due to the biting back and the slipper and the... Don't forget about the baby cradle shield. Whoa. <laughs> Madness. 75-year-old retired pediatrician Derek Robinson and his wife, 60-year-old music teacher Jean, are having breakfast when Daniel rings their doorbell. Once the door is opened, Daniel stabs them both repeatedly in the head, face, neck, and chest oh in the God. front hallway of their home. He later revealed, as soon as I got in there, I actually stood there and had a breather. And I thought, okay, ready, steady, go. And then I did it. I stabbed him once and stabbed him again. I wanted to kill him quickly, so I stabbed him in the throat. Um, then I stabbed her loads of times in the heart because I wanted her to die quickly. I felt clean, orgasmic. I had washed all the crap out of my life. I felt better. The woman was really strong. I started to feel really sorry for her. Minutes later, their decorator shows up to find the bloody scene and also finds Daniel stripping naked, getting ready to shower off the blood. Daniel tells him, sorry about this, mate, before jumping out of a window and running from the scene. Why not kill him? I don't know, because he already orgasmed, I guess. I guess. Obviously, the decorator calls the police and Daniel is arrested at 12 p.m. on September 17th, 2004 at... Tottenham Court Road Underground Station. Mm. When asked about his reasons for killing, he told a psychiatrist, I wanted to kill people because I was bored and I wanted to know what it felt like. I had a rubbish life. I needed to sort it out by killing someone. Take it out on someone else. I felt like a superhero. I felt really good, man. I felt wicked doing it. This is something I live for. It's a really good buzz killing. Gonzalez even compared himself to the schoolboys responsible for the Columbine High School massacre oh, and bragged, quote, mine's a big fucking story and it'll be on the full front page. 
He also said multiple times that he wanted to know what it was like being Freddy Krueger for the day. Hence the name. Yep. Freddy Krueger Killer. Also, I didn't write this out. It's It might be interesting to look it up if you guys want. There was also a bunch of shit he said about Michael Jackson, how he was Michael Jackson in a previous life and just wackadoodle shit. But there is a Michael Jackson reference in there somewhere in his ramblings. Interesting. In prison, he became so violent that guards had to wear riot gear around him at all times. He physically attacked his mummy during a visit and even tried to chew off his own arm. In 2006, Judge Ann Goddard, QC, I don't know what the QC is for because I'm not British, gave him six life sentences for four murders and two attempted murders and said he will never be released. The judge said, you have brought unspeakable misery and grief to the families of those you killed. On August 9th, 2007, using the shattered edges of a CD case, he slashed both wrists and bled to death in his cell, making his last act the most un-Freddy Krueger-like thing he could possibly do. Wow. The end. That's the Freddy Krueger killer. Okay. That was the best I could do. That was all the information I could get on I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Nothing to do with Freddy Krueger. I mean, enough. (laughs) <laughs> they mentioned his name one time okay, in the article. I heard it a couple times. <laughs> That's about as close as we were for the Friday the 13th. I was going to say, well, Friday the 13th, at least it was like teenagers camping at a lake. Mm. Also, if anything, he should be the Jason Voorhees killer. With because the mask. He wore a fucking hockey mask. I know, that the mask. Way more I, Jason. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Anywho. So you only watched one of the Nightmare of Elm Streets, correct? No. You watched all of them? I did not watch all of them. So uh, I remember I had told you that I really wanted to rewatch the one with Roseanne, right? Yes. Thinking, thinking it was my favorite one. Oh, ho, ho, I was wrong. Um, I got to be honest. I don't remember much of that Roseanne one, but just the idea that Roseanne and Tom Arnold were in it made me think... How could that possibly be your favorite one? It sounds so, like it'd be a crappy one. It, and it is. <laughs> and you're ta- Again, we've talked about this before. I'm the biggest Roseanne sitcom fan. Right. But I could just imagine them in a Freddy movie would be a bit of a hot mess express. And they're just like brief little cameos. But still, she is a hot mess express. That's for fucking sure. Um, so I did. I watched the original because it's a maze. And then leading up to that, I figured out that it's actually the third one. That's my favorite. And it's where the kids are in, like, the dream <clears throat> the dream sleep asylum thing. Yes, that's the one. I like that one, too. Right. So I had gotten the two and kind of merged them together. I kind of took be- bits and pieces from each of those and made them into my own movie, which I thought was really good, but it's not the actual movie. Uh, so just to be clear, you watched three and four? I watched one... Three, I tried to watch the one. I can't even remember what number it is just to figure out. The Roseanne one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And once I figured out what I needed to, I was done and I stopped watching it. And then I watched the remake because oh. I had only seen that one. I don't know if I've ever seen it. The 2010? Yeah. Really? I don't with, think I've with, ever seen it. Well, that's not Robert England? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time I had seen it. So I wanted again, to Again, you got to remember, again. 2010, I was having a baby. Yeah. So wow. I probably didn't see it. I was mm-hmm. probably a tad busy. Mm-hmm. Either being pregnant or having a newborn. Yeah. Um, but I've, in true fashion, with all the other ones, I figured 
I'm going to go through all that work of watching these movies. I'll break them down for you. Why is your type so small? How are you going to be able to read it? That's a really good question. I don't really need to read it, though. It just, you know, it's just there for exactly comfort. So the original was 1984, which is amazing, right? Love the original Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Fine 80s Johnny Depp. Let's just picture some of the most epic scenes. So, right, there's Tina, the best friend who gets it in the bedroom, right? Her and her boyfriend just fucked. Mm -hmm. She falls asleep and she gets dragged up the wall. That's the the, iconic. Right. So good. Uh, Up on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, so the way that they made that scene is the same way that they did the scene with Johnny Depp with the blood coming out of the bed. Mm-hmm. They had to make the sets like upside down. I was going to say the other iconic scene. Because mm-hmm. when I think of Nightmare on Elm Street, those are probably the two scenes that I think of. Exactly. And in all fairness to which one your favorite one is, I also think a lot of the kids in the sleep study. Oh, because theirs takes it to like another yes. level. Those yep. fucking killings are just beyond. So... Obviously, our main character, played by Heather Langenkamp, Nancy, she's watching her friends die, and she's figuring out that they're all connected by these nightmares, Mm -hmm. and she tries desperately to tell her police dad, like, there's this man, Fred Krueger, he's connected to us, and all the parents try to pretend like they don't fucking know what these kids are talking about. Yeah. But we all know they know damn well who this man is. Yeah. Right. And so, again, here we are, me watching it now as a parent. I'm like, these motherfucking parents, like, I've always been mad at them, but now they're so much worse. Like, extra mad. Who do they think they are? Obviously, her mom's a drunk, right? Always drinking, hiding a bottle of vodka here and there. Right. (laughs) And I love how they're just leaving these kids alone also to do whatever. Yeah. And so no one believes her. And so it's up to her and her boyfriend, Glenn, Johnny Depp. And we all know he fucking falls asleep Mm -hmm. and gets killed. So she's all by herself. And she goes through the entire house and very home alone style booby traps everything. Do you Mm -hmm. remember the booby traps? No. Yeah. So she booby traps the whole fucking house, gives herself some sleeping pills, but also sets alarms. Right. So she's prepared for her showdown or whatever. And she brings that motherfucker back so that she could try to kill him. Thinks that she kills him, but he kills her mom. Perfect. Right. Again, she thinks that he's dead. But when she wakes up from her nightmare, thinking it's all just been a bad dream and her mom's magically sober, we've got these kids outside playing jump rope and singing this lovely little song. Mm hmm. And here rolls up her boyfriend and everybody is alive and in the car and everyone's happy. And the sunroof closes in on top of them and it's Freddie's sweater. Mm-hmm. It's the stripes. Mm-hmm. And the windows get rolled up and they start screaming and the car drives away. And then her mom gets pulled through the window of the door. Fun. So this whole ending, Wes Craven couldn't fucking stand it. He hated it. What do you hate about it? Everything. Lovely. He was forced to do it. By what? The the. I studio? think his name's Bob Shea. But yeah, New Line Cinema's like producer or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like, you need to set me up for a sequel at the end. Oh. And he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so this was his like compromise and Wes hates it. And the producer guy, Bob Shea, he ended up hating it too. Like everybody hates Everyone it. hates the ending. Yes. That's so funny. I'm going to have to go back. It's been so long. I think the last like Freddy related thing I watched was Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Um, I'd completely not attack nothing to do with horror movies whatsoever. How well do you remember Elf? When was the last time you watched it? Did you watch it this Christmas season? I did not because we were supposed to see it. Yes. So I watched How They Made Elf. It was like a documentary on Netflix. And they all were on board to make like an actual like Christmas movie, feel good, yeah. like a classic, which yeah. they made. But right before they released Elf, Old School came out, which was a huge success. Right. So then they wanted John Favreau to go back and re-edit Elf to be like a raunchy comedy. He's like, I can't. There's no way. Like, what are you... It won't work. And they tried and the studio tried and they played it for audiences and it just. Yeah, it flopped. Totally flopped. Wow. So then they went with John Favreau's original vision and now we have the classic elf. Well, and that makes me wonder, like, what could it have been? Right. I would love to know what Wes's like original plan was. Mm -hmm. Yep. And a reoccurring theme throughout these fucking movies is. If Heather Langenkamp isn't in it playing Nancy and Wes Craven had nothing to do with it, don't fucking waste your time. Just garbage. <laughs> because here we go to number two. And like, what movie do you feel like Freddie becomes like a funny guy? The first one. Immediately. The first one? Immediately. I know, but I... Okay, yes, you're right. But like Chucky... They both start off like funny or whatever, but as the movies go on, they get it campier gets, and campier absolutely, and campier absolutely. to the point where it's like, is this guy, is it Pee Wee Herman playing Freddy? Like, what are we doing? Right. Until they do the remake in 2010 and they make him fucking cringy. Like, strikes so hard to be scary. Like, just makes you have chills grossed out like ill because oh, yeah. they take him to a whole nother fucking level of gross all right well we'll talk about it in a little bit yeah but do you uh, i don't remember any in, of no, them no, in no. any order okay so the second one is like five years later and someone moves into the house and immediately it's just all the typical bullshit right like the parakeet explodes <laughs> None of the appliances or work shit's like bursting into flames. Yeah, and they still live there. Right. The house is unusually warm. Ugh, right. The, the guy's having fucking nightmares, blah, blah, blah. The same old shit we're always used to. But um, no one like believing this kid. He has to do his own research and he finds these fucking newspaper articles and he figures out what happens. And so they have Freddy like possess his body. Okay. Which is totally fucking odd. And he is trying to like suppress these evil urges to not kill his own friends. Okay. And really it ends up being his love for this girl that like makes him break the spell that Freddie has on his body that makes him like stop the possession mm. right I know it's so stupid. it's so fucking bad so he stops killing and that's what you know gets Freddie back right. in his dream realm the power of love the power of love right ah. so that one's a fucking miss right that one's a bag of dicks skip watch one skip two and go to three which is the fave the best one sleep steady one the dream warriors 
even has a great name. And to be fair, because I probably started watching, actually, I got to be honest with you, Freddy Krueger might be the first, quote, horror movie I ever saw. Right. You've said that before. Mm -hmm. And I might have started with Dream Warriors. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. And then eventually I saw all the rest of them. But I feel like Dream Warriors might have been the first one I ever actually saw. And this one's got a pretty decent, like, cast. Let's hear it. Okay. Because... Kristen, our main player, Patricia Arquette. Yep. Great. Right? She's making a paper mache model of a house that she keeps dreaming about. Obviously, it's the fucking house on Elm Street. Yep. Right? She has been going to a sleep therapist for having issues, right? Her mom thinks it's attention-seeking behavior. Of course. Right? Bursts into her room all pissy like, why are you fucking awake? Go to bed oh because it's like I'm paying a therapist to deal with your sleep shit. And here you are playing with paper mache. Like, well, maybe you need to get a new therapist. Mom, it oh, ain't working. Seriously. Right. Have so you heard of melatonin? They yeah. didn't have melatonin yet. Well, here. Well, either way, she would have been fucked because she's talks her kid into bed and sends her off to this fucking nightmare. Yeah. Right. So Kristen wakes up inside the house and she's seeing the kids playing outside right again with the song that we all know and love oh it's the best and one little girl's riding her tricycle into the house and she's saying this is where he takes us Kristen follows hoping to save the little girl but by the time she gets to the little girl the little girl's already dead right like collapses in her arms like a skeleton Mm -hmm. and has lured her to Freddy She wakes up screaming, goes into the bathroom, trying to settle herself, and the fucking, the knobs on the sink come out Mm -hmm. and grab her by the wrists Mm -hmm. and slit both of them. Lovely. Aggressively. Again, her mom convinced that this is all attention seeking and she's faking a suicide attempt. Gets her placed in this Weston Hills psychiatric hospital. By the way, I love that the mom thinks she's faking a suicide attempt with two slit wrists when she just assumed that your kid actually tried to kill themselves no she thinks it's all just wanting attention okay <clears throat> the hospital orderly is played by lawrence fishburne hey love him and he is also starting to piece together how many of the fucking teens in this hospital are suffering from the same shit Right. And especially if they all start describing the same stuff, it's like, how are they all having the exact same nightmares? Mm-hmm. So according to Dr. Gordon, he has his own theories. Which was what? The devil? No, he thinks it's like their repressed sexual urges and shit. I and it always, what is he, oh, yeah. Freud? It always comes oh, back here, to sex. Here. The nightmares are a product of internal guilt, psychological scars stemming from moral conflicts and overt sexuality. So in the end, he's victim blaming the children. Don't be a fucking teenager yeah. or you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even think about sex. And definitely don't feel guilty about thinking about sex. All right. So we know right now Dr. Gordon's a piece of shit. And so he's recently been informed that they've hired a new, like, graduate. Mm -hmm. And it's Nancy. Hey, Nancy. A grad student, right? And she specializes in sleep studies. And it's the same actress? Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never change her until the remake. What's um, Homegirl's name in Halloween? Is that Nancy too? Yeah. Tina and Nancy are like a Th- lot those of... Those are Wes's names, huh? Well, um, 
the main girl's Lori, but still like Lori. The, that's what I'm thinking of. I yeah. thought her name was Nancy. No, for a the main girl's Lori, but Nancy and Tina. These are all like girlfriends names that reoccur in the movie a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. OK. OK, where are we? Anyway, so Nancy obviously know what the kids are going through, right? She goes to Kristen's house with Kristen's mom to like pack a bag of shit. And she sees the paper mache house. And she's like, oh, my house on Elm Street. And this house um, kind of acts as like a weird portal. Mm-hmm. So when Kristen falls asleep, she can bring like other people into her dream. Okay. And the dream's all locked like within this house, within this paper. Only mache- in the house. Yeah. In this paper mache house. And so she brings um, Nancy into her dream. And that's when she goes face to face with Freddie. And he's all like, not you again, you fucking cunt. Yes. Like, I can't stand you. Yeah. You dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. So Nancy reveals to Kristen what had happened to her and confides that Freddie is very much real and that basically the way she's been getting by is by using hypnosil. Which is like a sleep aid. It like blocks your dreams. Yep. It's so you can sleep, but you don't have dreams. Yep. So throughout, there's this reoccurring image of like a nun who's informing the patients. She's like a ghost who's informing the patients. Um, that the hospital used to house some of the most dangerous, criminally insane patients in Springwood, Ohio, which is where all this goes down. And uh, the ghost is actually Freddie's mom, Amanda, and she worked at the hospital. But she was a nun? She was. How can you be a mom if you're a nun? Did she adopt Freddie? So we learn in the next movie, she gets raped uh, by all of these crazies. And that's why Freddie is the yep, son I remember of a, that. 100 yes. maniacs. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Sorry, I forgot for a minute. Yep. Um. Anyway, so she's trying to help these kids. So we got Nancy helping. We got Freddie. Ghost nun yeah. helping. Mm-hmm. So let's go over some of the all-time favorite deaths the puppet master yep where he cuts the kid open iconic right from the legs and the arms mm-hmm. and uses his veins to fucking puppet walk his ass right how out do you the think window, of this shit right? amazing right out the fucking window iconic <clears throat> he picks up another patient ramming her head through a mounted tv while screaming welcome to prime time bitch oh yeah <laughs> it's so good and then a former junkie, her track marks become like little sucking mouths. Mm-hmm. And he injects them with like blue shit. So like she gets off on it at first and then she fucking explodes from whatever. Hey, I mean, it sounds like she got the best one. Yeah. At least she gets to get off on it first before she explodes. <laughs> yep. So he's like collecting the souls of these kids, right? As he's killing them. Mm-hmm. And he manages to trick Nancy into thinking that he is a vision of her father who is now dead. Okay. So they're like having a moment mm-hmm. and he kills her. Okay. All right. So Nancy dies. Bye, Nancy. Which is sad. Yeah. And the movie ends with the few survivor patients attending her funeral but the light in the bedroom of the paper mache house turns on. Ooh, setting us up for a sequel. Which is also a big mess. <laughs> Number four. The, so which one has Roseanne? Is the it this dream one? dream shot. Mm, no. Okay, that's fine. So number yeah, four. Maybe. Bit of a miss. Oh, good. Yeah. Either way. 
Um, so Kristen's played by a new actress. The shit goes on. She gets knocked up. The baby that she gets knocked up with is Freddy. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> my Lanta. Right. And this is where we learn that um, she, so she's got the baby inside of her that's like possessed by Freddy. And this is where we learn about Freddy's mom in the asylum and all <laughs> yeah, the, right. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Another huge miss. All right. right. So let's go to, this is the one with Roseanne. Number five. The Final Nightmare. Ooh, another good name. They have great titles. Dream Warriors, Final Nightmare. So this makes a lot of sense. We're in the 90s now. Yes. (laughs) 1991. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're 10 years. So we're 1991 when the movie comes out, but it's in 1999. Whoa. I know. So now we're going to see what they thought 1999 was going to look like. I have no idea. Like, it was nothing special. I don't know why they chose to date it forward. But at this point... But my question is, is how did they set the scene for 1999? This is how they set the scene for 1999. Were we in space? No. We're in Springwood, Ohio, and Freddy's killed all of the children. Great. Bye. Right? So because of that... Wait, all the children in the town or all the original children? All of them, period. Like, there there are no children in the... God damn. So... And people are just chilling? No. So because of that, the town is suffering from mass psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> Turning Springwood into a ghost town. Yeah, for sure. Move, huh? Right. That's how they set us up in 1999. Perfect. Freddie is confronting a one sole survivor in his dream and the whole purpose of keeping this kid alive is because he's trying to push the kid, use the kid <clears throat> to break these boundaries, right? To, he, he wants to come to Earth. He, or just to get out of this fucking town, just get him into something somewhere else where he can frolic Because he's and trapped play. in Springwood. When there's no kids and he's got no one to play with. Oh, poor Franny. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, he'll be playing with Jason soon. Just give him 10 years or whatever it right. is. Right. So the survivor does make it through and he hits his fucking head on a rock. So when he wakes up, he doesn't have a fucking clue who he is. Oh, no. Police take him to a um, shelter for troubled youths and they name him John Doe, Mm -hmm. which he stays that way the whole movie. There's this chick, Dr. Maggie, goes through his stuff, finds a newspaper clipping about a missing woman in this town, fucking Springwood. They take him back there. They get there. There's this fair going on creepiest fair on the world yep there's no kids yeah just adults walking around and this is where Roseanne is yes is she, <laughs> she a carny she, I don't even know but she sees the like teenagers the children or mm-hmm. whatever and she's like oh, children <laughs> and then Tom Arnold's like no get away you know they bring him yeah fair enough I mean right. fair enough and that was it that was it for them okay yeah I bet you they did great they did. I bet you they played that perfect. They I can, did. I can see them in my head, kind of white trashy, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know. Yeah. It was the best. Carney-esque. Yeah. Uh, they find an orphanage where they find out that Freddy Krueger had a child. Wow. They okay. assume the child is John Doe. Right. And that's why he's the only one that's alive. That's why he's got this article. That's why he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. He's wrong. Yeah. It's the doctor. It's Dr. Maggie. <gasps> bum, bum, Plot twist. Right? And so Dr. Maggie and Freddie have their fucking showdown. So Maggie doesn't like her dad. 
Maggie doesn't, she works for the sheltered youth's hospital because she doesn't remember much about her childhood either. Like she got put up for adoption. And how is Freddie her dad? So Freddie had a wife, the, the article, the newspaper article. Yeah. About the missing woman is Mm -hmm. his wife is missing because they get married. They have a baby. Wife found out about him being a child molester and killer. So this is when he was alive. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yep. I thought you were talking about Dream no, no, Freddy. No, no, this is real I'm like, life. How did Dream Freddy show up and have a baby? No, but like- this is while he's molesting and murdering and being real life Freddy. Okay, perfect. He had a baby girl. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she got put up for adoption and they clearly kept her past from her for a reason. Don't blame him. And now she has to stab her daddy with his own glove. Ooh, nice. And then impales him on a steel rod. Let's go, girl. And blows him up with a pipe bomb. Perfect. Bam. Double tap. Right. Still not worth watching the movie. I know, but <laughs> is it better than number four? Mm. Yes. Perfect. Fair. Okay. I really liked this one. Are we moving on to number six? I don't even forget the numbers. We're oh, just, I'm sorry. Oh, Ooh, forget the numbers. Who cares? Go for it. Right. This is 1994 Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay. And in a nod to the OG, it opens up with the creation of Freddy's glove, right? Okay. Only this time, this one is way more fucking badass. Okay. This one's legit. Love it. We see the creator of the glove chop off his hand in preparation for attaching and revising the weapon. And we see Wes Craven yell out, cut, and encourage the special effects team Pump more blood. Yes. <laughs> right. So we're like real life. Now, after all this goes down, we also see the glove come to life and start killing the people on the set when Heather Langenkamp, who was Nancy, wakes up to an earthquake at her home in Los Angeles. Okay. So now she's the where she's the actress. Correct. Okay, so like playing herself. Wes is Wes. She, exactly. What a twist. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, her son tells her about a bad dream and shows her cuts on his arm. Yep. But she just assumes that it's from the earthquake. But she's also feeling a little uneasy because she's been receiving phone calls from someone pretending to be Freddie. Right. Right. Heather goes on a daytime TV show just to to discuss the 10-year anniversary of the first nightmare, and they surprise her with an appearance by Robert England dressed as Freddy. Yeah. She did not know he would be there. Okay. Totally takes her off guard. Okay. And he feels kind of bad about it. He can tell. He's like, they didn't tell you I was coming. Right. And Robert England, I believe, is a lovely gentleman. The best. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He was like, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, but... Didn't you know Wes is working on a new movie? And she's like, no, I had no idea. Also, don't you know that, I mean, this is all air quotes, that Freddy's not real. And of course, right. like somebody dressed up in makeup, you fucking weirdo. Like, it's not real. Well, she's very uneasy. <laughs> uh, anyways, so <clears throat> a real New Line Cinema producer, Bob Shea, I was right, who worked with Heather and Robert on the first film, calls her into the office, tells her about the script. They want her to reprise her role. She's not down. Mm. She's like, I'm a mom now. I really don't want to do this anymore. To convince her, 
he shares that her husband's already started working on the movie. He's actually the one that created the new glove that she saw. Uh Right. And uh, that he's basically like been there since day one. And she's like, well, that's fucking great. (laughs) She's like, I'm still not in. So she goes home and her son, who's played by, oh my God, the best kid ever. Did I know his real name? No. But he played Gage in the original Pet Cemetery, the little boy that gets hit by the truck. Yeah. And he's the little boy from Kindergarten Cop with the best line ever. Mm-hmm. Right? Girls have, boys have penises, girls have vaginas. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's Dylan. Fantastic. <clears throat> He's suffering some weird kind of fucking episode, screaming like, never sleep again. (laughs) (laughs) And so concerned for their son, she insists her husband stop working on the set and come home. He's fucking exhausted, should not be driving, and that does not work out well for him. Yep. Right? Because he gets a claw to the dick. Yeah. He gets a claw to the fucking dick while driving. Okay. Well, you hit me. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And so when they call her in to ID the body, they're like, only going to show the face. And she's like, uh-uh, I want to I see what's up. They're like, no, you really don't. She's like, yes, I do. So she pulls the sheet back. And he's fucking clawed everywhere. And they explain, well, it was hard to get him out of the wreck, right? That's like from... Oh, Trump. that's uh, that's what all the claw marks are for? Yeah. She knows, though. She knows what's up. All right. So, trying to make sense of everything that's going on, she goes to ask Wes what the fuck his movie is about and what's happening. He claims he doesn't know. He's like, I go to sleep. It comes to me in my dreams. I wake up. I write it down the next day. He's like, I don't know how the movie's going to end, to be honest. He's like, but I will tell you that in this version, Freddy sees you as this gatekeeper, and you're the one thing that's holding him back. So... He's going to go after your weakness, being her child. Oh, shit. Right? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. The earthquakes keep coming. Dylan's episodes start to get worse. So Heather takes him to the hospital. But instead of being helpful, all the doctor can focus on is that she's the girl from the horror movies. Oh, my God. She looks like shit. Wow. At this point. because stressed. Well, exactly. She must be a horrible mother since her son seems to know who Freddy Krueger is. <laughs> right? And so they take Dylan from her. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But they go to evaluate her and see what's going on with her. Dylan's amazing babysitter, she starts having nightmares, has a nightmare that something bad happened to Dylan. She rushes to the hospital to be by his side. Okay. She's like... I just have a bad feeling. So sure, if you're going to take his mom away, at the very least, let me stay with him. Okay. And they do? Mm-hmm. What a nice babysitter. So Heather's like, whatever you do, don't let Dylan fall asleep. Uh-huh. Which is like a weird thing to say. Right. But she's down. She's like, she can tell something's up. But the nurse sneaks in and gives Dylan a shot. Uh-oh. So it's like impossible to right. keep Dylan awake. And why did she do that? Because they just think that he's a little boy that's being scared by nightmares because his mom is in a movie with the boogeyman. Like, Got they it. think he just needs a good night's sleep and that he'll be fine. Got it. Right? If he can just sleep here, he'll see the boogeyman's not real. Okay. So, 
um, the fucking babysitter, like a savage, finds like a scalpel mm-hmm. and like threatens the nurse, gets her out of the room and like barricades the door. She took her boss's uh, request very seriously. Oh, yeah. No, she's in it for this kid. Love it. And so she's doing everything she can to keep him awake. But the poor girl, she gets it Tina style where she's dragged up the wall, across the ceiling. Oh, yeah. The nurses like bust through the door to see her. Oh, yeah. Like on the ceiling, just blood, everything. And then she the body drops down to the floor and they're all freaking the fuck out. Of course. So imagine this is Dylan's chance to bounce. Okay, right. His mom had said, we're just going to the hospital for one night. Home is right across the freeway. So he heads for the freeway. Perfect. Right. Because what else would you do? I don't even know how old this kid is, to be fair. Well, I don't think there's ever a right age for the freeway. Mm -mm. So he's trying to wander across the freeway. The doctor examining Heather, obviously they get distracted by what's just happened to the babysitter. They rush over. She sees that Dylan's gone. Yeah. She goes after Dylan. Mm Mm-hmm. And Freddie's basically like hanging him with a claw, like over the freeway, like over the cars, like luring her yep. in, into the oncoming oncoming traffic. She gets home just in time to see Freddie like take Dylan, like sucked him into his bed, mm-hmm. and she can't get into it. It's just a normal bed to her. She has to fall asleep to get to them. Terrifying. Yeah. So she cuddles up on her son's bed. And she goes into this fucking weird ass dreamscape where it's like waterboarded. It's like watery. Yeah, I remember this. It's weird. It's it's almost I don't know. I don't even know how to. Also, like, it. how hard would it be to fall asleep at that point? Like, you know, you have to. Fa- Do you know how? But uh, for, forget all the outside pressure. Do you know how hard it is for me to fall asleep when I know that I have to fall asleep? Yeah. When I'm like, oh, I have to be up early tomorrow. Like, I have uh, right now. I have to go to sleep right now. And then just that thought keeps me awake. But at this point, like, she is sleep deprived. So I know. I guess that's true. Your body just takes over. Uh huh. Like, she needs the sleep. Mm-hmm. I know. How do you? That was always the only. That was the scary thing to me about Freddie. Nothing was really that scary except for the idea of you have to fall asleep at some point. I can't stay awake forever. I love sleep. Me too. Sleep's my everything. I am the, I was always the kid at the slumber party that fell asleep because I'm like, I'm done. Like, I love sleep. You guys are weird. I'll see you in the morning. Yep, I love sleep too. I lo- See, I love sleep even more than you because I nap. Exactly. And you won't nap. Uh, that's true. You'll maybe rest, like you'll sit on the couch. Yeah, but I don't nap. Nope, I will, I love a nap. Mm-hmm. But so I agree. That is the one scary thing is that he's not like tangible. He's not like a real thing unless you can bring him out of your dream. Right. But yeah, that was the only thing that was ever scary to me was the fact that I'm, we talk about this the whole time. I'm a control freak. Yep. And the one thing you can't, you can't control is, is the fact dreams. that at some point you got to fall asleep. No. Okay. Anywho. So, uh, she's down there. She finds him about to kill Dylan. Dylan's in like this weird oven looking thing like in the back of it and freddie can just barely like barely reach him Mm -hmm. so she comes in attacks him they struggle dylan then finds something to stab freddie and then they struggle and they manage to push freddie into this fucking oven and like hansel and gretel style fry his ass 
fry him. Right. But as he's like bursting into flames, the whole dreamscape around them is collapsing Mm -hmm. and they need to get out. Yep. And they jump into this weird pond thing and they wake up in his bed. Okay. And when they come back to reality um, in the bedroom is Wes Craven's script for the movie in like a note like Heather thank you for playing the role of Nancy one last time oh okay kind of thing mm-hmm. like I hope you like the ending mm-hmm. and so they sit down on the bed together and she reads it to him like a like a bedtime story oh lovely and I've got the the ending line we open on an old wooden bench there's fire and tools and a man's grimy hands building what's soon revealed as a gleaming set of claws. And the claws are moving now, as if awakening from a long and unwanted sleep. Oh. And that's how they end the movie. Very poetic. Right? And then 2003 is Freddy versus Jason. Of course, which we have gone over. Right. We love it. We talked about it on our Friday the 13th special. And Fucking it was. It. And that's it, a hit. That's a hit. It ended with what looked like Jason winning, but then because he has Freddie's eye or he has Freddie's head, head mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, I guess Jason won, and then of course Freddie's eyes mm-hmm. pop open. So yeah, yeah. If you want to hear our review on it, listen to our Friday the Thirteenth episode. Exactly. It's not our thirteenth episode. I can't remember what actual number it is. No, we only wished it was after that. Yep, mm-hmm. but we did do a whole Friday the thirteenth episode on Friday the thirteenth, and B went through every single Friday the thirteenth movie, including Freddy vs. Jason. Well, now I'm really excited to tell you about the 2010. Yes, because if I've seen it, I don't remember seeing it because I was in a newborn haze. You'll but- know right off the bat. You'll, okay. I think you'll know right now at the beginning. Okay. But I'm going to give you this. <laughs> so not only does it not have Robert England or Heather Langenkamp, they didn't even bother to consult Wes Craven. Oh, it's just a whole new team. Yeah, they just fucking went off and just decided to make it their own How thing. does that work? Does Wes Craven like sell the rights to a studio? Or, I like- don't. I guess it belongs to New Line Cinema. Oh, it that must be rough. Right? Could you? I would have a hard time watching somebody just take my baby. Because when they're making these new Scream movies, a lot of people are always like talking shit. It's like, well, bro, Wes Craven's dead. Like, right. He can't make more movies at this point. And the whole reason the original cast is agreeing to the new movies is because they actually like the respect they're paying to the originals and like the direction that these new people are going. I hope so. Because let me tell you something. Yesterday, last night... There was nothing on, and Lou put on Scream 3. It was in the middle of Scream 3, and I was like, oh, my God. No, more than... Cox's bangs alone. No, I think Nev Campbell, the only reason she agreed to it was because of the way that they were able to make her have, like, the feels of Wes. Yeah, because she needed money. Well... Just kidding. Great. I, I listen. I, I no one's more excited than I am. Yeah. I will... Be, if I'm, our I'm theaters like, are mm-hmm. open, I will be there front row. So... Literally. Dean, played by Kellen Lutz. Emmett. Oh, my God. Yeah, Emmett. Right? What? Yes. 
He, he's not, he doesn't last for very long. I Fine, but still, I can't believe he did anything outside of Twilight. Okay, so if you don't know him, then you haven't seen the movie. That's where I was thinking. I'm like, if you, you're going <laughs> to no know. Idea. Yes. Okay, so Dean. Nope. Yes. I only know that he's ever done Emmett. Yep. So Emmett, Colin. <laughs> Emmett, Colin bites it hard in yep. this one. And his girlfriend, Chris, are at this diner in Springwood when Dean falls asleep. And he meets a man covered in burns. At the diner, he falls asleep? Yeah. All right. He at this point he's already been having nightmares and he's, so he's already sleep deprived. Okay, fine. Like he's he's even trying to tell his girlfriend and she's being real cunt about it. Like I have better things to worry about than your stupid fucking dreams. Like get it together. Oh wow. All right, so he falls asleep, which okay. I don't blame him. I guess I'd fall asleep if I had a girlfriend like that For too. Sure. He's like, let me escape this. Mm-hmm. And so, the man covered in burns ends up cutting. Dean's throat. Okay. But in reality, Chris and the waitress, Nancy, not our Nancy. Just a throwback, Nancy. Uh-huh, played by Rooney Mara. I don't know who that is. Girl with a dragon tattoo. Oh, okay. Walking Phoenix baby mama. Oh, I didn't know that either, but okay. They had a baby named River. I I know that. I know yeah. that he has a son named River, but I didn't realize that that was mm-hmm. the girl from Dragon with the... Girl with the Dragon whatever. tattoo. <clears throat> All right. Fantastic. Let's go. They watch in horror as Dean is actually cutting his own throat. Love it. And he goes deep in that meat. What a way he to start a movie. deep in the meat. Yep. Uh, like so Arby's. They go to the fucking funeral. And at the funeral, the girlfriend, Chris, sees pictures of her and Dean as like super young kids, like preschool age, like on a playground or something. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that doesn't make any sense because we met in high school. Okay. Like, I don't remember playing with him as a child. Mm -hmm. So she goes home to ask her mom and the mom's like, hmm, that's weird. I don't know. super fucking shady and then bounces she has some work thing to do what's up with all the parents in these movies that's what i'm saying sorry that your boyfriend just murdered himself aggressively in front of you at a diner but i gotta go and that you've seen these mysterious pictures of the two of you together as small children and, and i have, have i know nothing about it and I, don't, I, I wasn't there so i don't know in all fairness i love your parents it wouldn't it be too far <laughs> off from what your parents answers would have been they're like, I don't fucking know. Who knows? Hey, mom, do you remember the biggest serial killer of your era? <laughs> Who? I watched a lot of football that year. What? I'm dying to know what happened in football that she remembered that over Richard Ramirez. Because I think, right, obviously in 1985, was that when it was going on? Because um, that was the year we were born and my yeah, dad was supposed was, like, to go to, to the Super off. Bowl and he couldn't because I got... My, well, because you ruin everything I ruin all everything. the time. I know. So that was like a Just big like your daughter for ruined Friday the 13th for you. Exactly. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. So the mom bounces. And so this girl's kind of bitter ex-boyfriend, like he's jealous that they broke up. He wants to get back with her. He comes over to comfort her mm-hmm. in her time of need. There's oh, a spicy pineapple. Oh. And you don't like the spicy pineapple too much, huh? It was Ben that didn't like it. I didn't mind it. I just wasn't going to drink his... I was going to make him man up and do it. Yeah. So. Not me. I baby Ben. I'll just drink his fucking spicy pineapple no, drink. Uh, no, I was going to make him do it. Um. Anyways. Okay. So. They don't hook up, but they do like snuggle and they fall asleep. And Chris, once again, gets it Tina style. 
Of course. Right? The dragging. And so the ex-boyfriend gets the blood splattered all over him. Mm -hmm. And he bounces out the window. But because we're like in current time now, right? We're 2010. He sets off the alarm. And so the cops immediately come. He makes it across the street to Nancy's house. Mm-hmm. And she's like painting. <laughs> and he's covered in blood. And he's like, look, this is what just went down. I didn't fucking do it. You need to figure out what's going on. Right. And she starts to make the connection. Listen to those bubbles that shh. If we're nothing if not an ASMR podcast. I love it. <clears throat> so police apprehend the ex-boyfriend. He dies in the jail cell. Not the same way the original guy did. He died in the first one. He was hung by mm-hmm. Freddy. This time he falls asleep and just gets fucking murdered. <laughs> yeah. So and... He's not alone in his jail cell. Could you imagine? Right? So the <laughs> what the fuck is going on? So the guy in there with him is like, bro, I didn't fucking do this. Like, I did not do this. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> trying to explain that shit? So I really appreciated that little thing. That bit was good. Humor. Yeah. We like that. <laughs> what about, by the way, because you said this Freddy felt more like cringy. We'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Fine. yeah we'll Does get... he spit on someone? No. Well, he he would be the Freddy to do that. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nancy and her friend Quentin begin to question everything. And so they start to figure out that all of these kids having the nightmares went to the same preschool together. Ooh. All right. And at this preschool, there was a gardener named Fred Krueger. Yep. And he used to hurt Nancy and all of the kids. Right. So Nancy, starting to have, like, these memories, is questioning her mom, played by Connie Britton, American Horror Story. Don't watch it. Okay. Anyways. And getting no answers. The only American Horror Story person I know is, of course, the queen. Lady Gaga. Sarah Paulson. Oh, okay. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. Love Sarah Paulson. And then, of course, they had the one with Kathy Bates. Yes. And, of course, queen of the universe, Lady Gaga. Right, right, right. When you said... Oh, God, it's the bag. I got so scared. (laughs) I'm like, what did I kick? Uh, So she basically ransacks her fucking house for clues. And she finds a picture of all of these kids. It's like a preschool class picture. And it's Uh like, oh, sure, mom. You want to tell me you don't fucking know what's going on? No idea who those kids are. Never seen them. Mm -mm. So her mom claims that Fred Krueger skipped town before anyone could arrest him for Uh the horrific things he had done to the children and blames the nightmares on repressed emotions and Nancy's not fucking buying it and so her and Quentin want to track down the other kids from the preschool but as they start searching these kids by name they're all dead either dying in their sleep or freak accidents well that's not suspicious at all Mm mm-hmm Quentin falls asleep during fucking swim practice. He's like (laughs) mid stroke (laughs) when he gets fucking like pulled down into the pool. That shit cracked me up. Yeah, I've fallen asleep in some places, but never mid swim. Mm -mm. 
like directly after swimming, like as soon as oh, you of course. hit a That's chair. That's the best thing to do with a kid if you want to wear them out, get them swim. in the fucking pool swim. because they don't feel it in the water. Feed them a sandwich, put them down mm-hmm, for a nap. Mm-hmm. So um, he falls asleep and in his dream, we finally get to see what actually happened to Freddie. And what we see is the parents like hunting him down like an animal. Mm-hmm. And burning him alive in like this abandoned warehouse. Right. It's pretty aggressive, right? Yes. And I do remember this, but I don't know if it's from seeing the movie or just seeing clips of the movie. Like, I feel like that part might have been on the commercial. Yeah, because I know we've talked about it where you know that in this movie, they try to make us feel bad. Yeah, maybe I have seen it. Like I said. Yeah. I had a newborn. Anything's possible. Yeah. So... At this point, this is where they're, like, almost making us feel like he could have been innocent, right? Like, uh-huh. he, he looks like a normal man just being hunted by these parents, accused of something that they have no proof of. Okay. Right? So, when Quentin is revived by CPR, he confronts his dad, accusing him, like, you didn't have proof of Freddie being a child molester, right? You never found anything, and now we're being punished for what you fucktards did. Like yep. for what you assholes are doing as like vigilantes. Right. Right. And so this is where the movie really goes to shit for me. <laughs> because no one wants to feel bad for a child rapist, molester, no. murderer. Right. Yep. So we've got Nancy and Quentin suffering severe insomnia at this point. They try to get some over-the-counter speed at, like, a local drugstore. But Nancy falls asleep, gets attacked by Kruger, and when she's awakened by Quentin, she pulls out a piece of his sweater. So this is when they piece together. If we could pull out the sweater, maybe we could pull out the whole guy. Mm -hmm. She goes to the hospital for some cuts that she got during the struggle. And when the nurse isn't looking, he either steals, like, an adrenaline shot or an EpiPen or something. Mm-hmm. Right, something that they know is going to keep them awake when they finally need it. Uh-huh. That's a gamble to take. I'm glad they picked the right. That's right. Like I don't even know what it is, and they thought they knew what it was. So they head to the preschool, and they do find the evidence they needed. They find this fucking cave, and Polaroid pictures. And like articles of clothing that proves that he was a. Uh, fucking monster yep evil as evil comes yep and so now the kids are like oh shit i guess maybe our parents should have set the fucking asshole on fire right maybe they were onto something right like okay we might have gotten more than we bargained for and they decide to have nancy fall asleep and quentin be the one on watch out and at this point, Freddie and her struggle, Freddie gets her on a bed. And this is where they really like kind of went above and beyond for me. Some of the shit that he says to her. He's slowly running his claw like down this nightgown that she's wearing. You already know how I feel about it. How do I feel right? about light touches? And he's like, I've always loved you in this dress mm. ever since you were a little girl. Gross. And he's like, your mouth says no and your body says Yuck. yes. I'm your boyfriend now. Like, 
So the funny, sarcastic, like playful, evil Freddy that we know and, and has love been replaced is out the fucking window. By creepy, gross pedophile. Like the slimiest, dirtiest, Ugh. cringiest. Ugh. I mean, you already lost me at the whole. So for you, it's spitting. Like if he spit in her face, you'd be like, nope. nope. That's, if he hawked a loogie in her but face. But with the soft touch. The, the soft touch is for running, me. The claw. I would literally rather you spit in my face than yeah. run claws so lightly he, down my body. He's just fucking gross. Ugh, it makes my skin crawl. Quentin figures out that she's struggling and injects her with whatever the fuck they stole. Right. Great. And they do. They bring Freddy into the real world. And he beats the sh- or Freddie beats the shit out of Quentin, but not before <clears throat> Nancy cuts off his glove with um like a paper cutter blade, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the basement of a preschool. It was, it was just lying around. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. They have to cut mm-hmm. a lot of paper in preschool. Yeah. And then they kill him with his glove and they torch the joint with freddie inside and when the paramedics arrive they inform the two kids that there was no body inside oh shit right so nancy is returning home with her mom hoping that the nightmare is over but they get a big surprise when they walk in freddie's there stabs connie Britton through the fucking eyeballs oh shit and like sucks her into this fucking mirror And leaves no body behind. Lovely. So, if you take anything away from all of my rambling through all of this shit, Mm -hmm. don't waste your time if it doesn't have Wes Craven's stamp of approval. Or Nancy. Heather Langenkamp. And, I mean, Robert England, I love you, my guy, but some of those were a real mess. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, you can't. And then that he's it, not he in charge of what's being to be written. Blamed. No, yeah. he was always a gem. He's doing his best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that new Freddy. Right. And so they haven't made one since, huh? No. Are they going to make another one? I don't know. I can't imagine they won't. They're, they're going to have to at some point. Yeah, everybody's working their way back around. Mm-hmm. No, as far as I know, I think we're due for another scream first. Of course. Followed by another Friday the 13th. Yes. And then who knows after that? Do we know Friday the 13th? Are they like trying to restart it again? I know zero. I know nothing. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it that way and be surprised at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. All right. Some fun facts. Oh, hit me. Okay. In an interview, Johnny Depp, and I believe it was with Barbara Walters, mm-hmm. explained that he got lucky landing the role of Nancy's boyfriend, Glenn. And I quote, I was just totally not what Wes had written the story for. He had written the part of a big, blonde, beach jock football player guy. And I was sort of emaciated with old hairspray and spiky hair, earrings, a little fucking catacomb dweller. And five hours later, I got the call that said, you're an actor. And according to the article, Wes definitely saw something in him during the inter- yeah his face oh, i mean right Wes saw his face and was like he's gonna be a star well and not to mention they did say that like wes's daughter happened to be there and yeah. Like, yeah right. it was yeah. like dad come on even i mean right. it just so happens that he also is a good actor yeah. a great actor but you just take one look at that face you're like oh it doesn't matter if you can act at all you'll be famous yeah, right. it'll you'll be, be fine, fine. yeah mm-hmm. 
And so while the film might not be based on like a real life, right? Mm-hmm. Like serial killer. It is based on real life events at the time. So in an LA Times article about death dreams, um, apparently there was like a group of teenagers that were dying in their sleep as a result of disturbing nightmares. And that's Whoa. what inspired Wes to write Did they them. ever find out what was killing them? No. Well, I, I didn't go that deep into it. it. It had to do with specifically they were like foreign exchange students or something. I was picturing angel dust. No, they have. I was picturing them getting high, passing out or falling asleep and then having like dreams so intense that they have like yeah. heart attacks. I would believe that that's a similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's that old wives tale, which I don't know if it's true or not, but like, you know, dreams where you're falling. They say that if you hit the ground in your dream, it would kill you because you'd have a heart attack because you're so scared. That's yeah. why you always wake up mid fall. But that sounds like an urban myth. Right. And like, well, how do you feel about waking people up that are sleepwalking? No, just let them just let them roll. With yeah. It. Sleepwalking's never been that big of a deal to me because my kids never did it to a dangerous level. My son will sleepwalk a tad yeah but it's not like that creepy sleepwalking where they're like doing shit i follow a person on tiktok who posts videos of herself recorded at night while she's sleeping no that creeps me out um wyatt's is more like he'll kind of get up and be like half out of it or whatever and all you do is like shepherd him back to bed and then he just doesn't remember it in the morning but he's not doing like weird creepy shit but both my older kids, especially especially Lila, my oldest, went through a real phase of night terrors. I can't remember. I actually don't know if Wyatt even did. I know for a fact Lila did. Zoe is just now entering that age where it would be hitting her, so we don't know about Zoe yet. But Lila was real brief. And Lila's lasted a good hot minute, and that scared me way more than the sleep. Like Wyatt would sleepwalk a little bit. Fine, you just put him back to bed. He's good. The night terrors and you couldn't snap her out of it and she would just be screaming her head off. It's terrifying. It's so scary. (coughs) Yeah, ours was real brief. And it wasn't ever like even like a scream that we had to go into the room for. It was like a blood curdling scream over the monitor. But by the time we would run down the hall to get to the bedroom, she was out fucking cold. Nope. Lila would be sitting up in her bed screaming but asleep. Right. And it was so scary. Wyatt, I think, did go through it, but he didn't scream, which made it even creepier. So maybe it was a form of sleepwalking, but you'd walk in to check in on them because they shared a bedroom at the time. And Wyatt would just be sitting up in his bed staring at the wall, Mm -hmm. but he wouldn't respond to you. So that's probably more of a form of sleepwalking, sleep sitting, if you will. But that shit's creepy as fuck. I was a sleepwalker. I I I am currently a sleep talker. Yes, my husband will have full on conversations in his sleep. It's hilarious. Yeah, so I'm a sleep talker. But as a child, I was a sleepwalker because I had one of those day beds where you could pull the bottom out. Yep. A trundle. A trundle. Very. Yes. Amazing. I know that's my mom. Shout out to my mom. So I would be on the top and whoever would be on the bottom. So in my sleep, I would step over them, not wake them up. I would somehow manage to get around them. My parents could never fucking figure it out. Yeah. And I would walk down the hall and I would just stand there and stare at them. Ah, So creepy. Right. And here I am. Right. At 
obviously at the time not knowing that they're fucking high out of their minds freaking out <laughs> freaking out <laughs> and my dad would literally pick me up and just go put me back in bed and i wouldn't remember any of it remember what i told you about um never mind uh so we'll talk about that's so funny b it's so creepy we've talked about that before on the podcast about um when your kids just stare at you in your sleep. Yes. Like, can you just wake me up? Do you have to stare? You right. fucking creeper. Oh my God. They're the worst. Okay. I already told you what Freddie's based on. Yes. The blood gushing out of Glenn's bed was inspired by the blood pouring out of the elevator in The Shining. Makes sense. And because of the amount that they used, they, I guess they went a little overboard. They ended up, um, hitting some wires and electrocuting some people on Whoops. set. Yeah. <laughs> the blood ended up electrocuting You know people. what's so funny is I thought about The Shining when you were recapping. Yeah. I thought about The Shining, mm-hmm. not with the blood. I thought about it with the picture. Yeah. The picture of them, of them in preschool and she mm-hmm. doesn't remember. I For some reason, I went straight to Jack Nicholson seeing himself in that picture in The Shining. Yep. Apparently, the movie um, earned its budget back in like 72 hours. After it's released. Love it. Isn't that fucking amaze? They earned it. Right? They deserve it. uh, Amazing. Uh, And I told you about Wes regretting the sequel. Um, This is... Wait, regretting the sequel or or the ending? The... the, Okay, the the lead-in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, I I guess, so Wes Craven and Sam... Is it Raimi? (laughs) I know. They have an admiration for each other. Because Raimi included a poster of Craven's the hills have eyes in his movie the evil dead yes and then in return craven has nancy watch the evil dead while trying to stay awake in the first movie and then raimi comes back again and returns the favor by putting freddy's glove in the evil dead 2 in the tool shed amazing i fucking love this that. is what i live for these are like the bromances i'm about and also easter eggs oh i love movies with easter eggs uh, i love it yeah so good yep Woo! very fun facts we Thank got you. a floor covered in notes we <laughs> threw all of our notes on the floor right. who cares hey I have additional notes on my phone, but I have to find it. So entertain me while I look. Wow. So amazing. It makes me want to go watch some more Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I said, I haven't watched one in a long time. Possibly 2010. I might have watched that one and forgot. I know in a past podcast, we've talked about it, where you've mentioned how they tried to make us feel bad for him. I probably watched it. Yeah. You know, I I can't remember everything all the time, Bailey. I remember nothing. I know. You remember so much more than me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know. Okay. So the reason I need to pull out my phone is because I took note of the fucking nicknames from the season of Married at First Sight that I'm watching. Lovely. Do you want to know what Daniel Gonzalez's nickname for himself was? Yes. Zippy. Why? No idea. I need to know why. That's no idea. But weird. in a lot of his interviews with the police and psychiatrists, he would refer to himself in third person as Zippy. As Zippy? Mm-hmm. Of all things? Yeah. Ew. That's stupid. I think um, the podcast I listened to briefly, I actually turned it off pretty quickly because they were doing a great job, but they weren't telling me anything I didn't really already know from the interwebs. But I think there might be a show in England where the main character is Zippy, like a children's show. Ooh. Maybe a follow-up for next week because I kind of don't know what I'm talking about, but we'll find out. 
Okay. Do you remember what season I'm on? Because I season don't. Season nine. Okay. The nicknames. This is Married at First Sight. So now it turns into a Married at First Sight podcast. Yeah, sorry to We're on season else. nine. This is my I'm, favorite I'm not, season. I'm not even going to like go into the show but because. you just want to talk about their nicknames. Their nicknames specifically. I, I have, don't remember any of their nicknames. They're so beyond this season. Does every couple have nicknames for yes. each other? Well, no, and it's not for each other. It's the way. So whenever they put the person's name up, they always have a little nickname like in parentheses right below. Okay. So this is like. The way that the show has they always done this? I've maybe noticed it before. I don't think I've ever noticed it. Listen to these fucking nicknames. I'm, okay, hit me. Okay, because I don't know any of their real names. So mm. this will be fun. You need Matt's the basketball player. Right. So you need to try to match who you think that Yes. yes. Let's do it no! again. This is oh, gonna be so fun. Games. So do you do you have their actual names written down no! or do I just have to describe them? No. Okay. So we have 10-year single. That is the African-American bride. Who I was hate. single the, for 10 years. The, and the one where I'm like, why did they pick her? But her look? and her husband look very similar. Like they could be cousins. And she's got the beautiful smile. Amazing, right? Ready to love again. <sighs> okay, it's not going to be the redhead. It's not going to be the bald one. It's not going to be Matt. It's not... Um, it's either going to be the one we just talked about's groom or Matt's wife. You nailed it. The one we had just talked about. Okay. Her groom. Perfect. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. We've got the mentor. Uh, um, hold who's on. Who's married to. Here's your Wait, clue. wait, wait, wait. No, no. Don't tell me. Okay. The mentor is the one that's married to the virgin. Who's married to the 27-year-old virgin? Yep. Yes, yep. that's her nickname. 27-year-old virgin. 27-year-old virgin and the mentor. Yes. yes. I forgot about them for okay. a second. That's why it took me so long. And then we've got... So the other ones are going to be a little bit easier than looking for the home game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is. It's Matt, the basketball player. Any guess for his significant other? What? Um... Um, it's either going to be something to do with fitness, height, or insecurities. The tomboy. See? No. Yep. Fitness. Yep. I'm going with fitness. The tomboy. Yep. And then Mr. Picky. Which is the bald man. Yeah. And the free spirit. Oh, that's very Rich. generous. They're going to call her the free spirit. You mean the crazy bitch? Yeah. Okay. <gasps> Which, to be fair, I kind of understand why she's crazy because listen to the shit her dad said in the last episode i watched which i can't remember which episode it was they're doing brunches so i'm guessing it's episode three because it's the like brunch the day after correct which the they wedding. used to do as like a group of both of the families they uh -huh. used to bring both the families in this is the first time where the wife is going to brunch with the husband's family and the husband is going. So they're to not brunch. together. They're separated. No, they're separated with each other's. Family. But they're not together. Correct. So when you first said that, I thought you meant that as a couple, they go with her family. And then as a couple, they no. go with his family. But they're separating them. So the groom is with his new in-laws and the Correct. bride is with her. Correct. What a fucking nightmare. Right. I would rather die. Right. I would rather fucking die. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Setting them up for a fucking brawl? No, like, why would you do that? That's crazy. No idea, but I would die. So here's some of the shit that he says, which I need to drink before I can even talk about it. So, 
daddy. Daddy who in his speech talked about how fucking useless she was and how he has to do everything for her. Yeah. Right. Daddy. And didn't she like sit on his lap? Like, oh, so God, they're at brunch and they're talking about like, what are your intentions with my daughter or whatever? And he's like, well, I'm hoping to gain her trust and her heart. And he's like, that's my heart. And you can't have it. Oh, it's so gross. Ew! It makes me be so uncomfortable. Oh, it's so cringy. Oh, my God. It just gives off real, like, um, purity vibes. You know, like, right. the dads who make their daughters, like, give a promise of purity. and. So, again, I think I'm maybe, like, three episodes deep. So, at this point, I haven't seen all of her crazy. But at this, I also understand, like, with a dad like this. <sighs> She's, yeah. she's gonna have some fucking set baggage for failure yeah she's gonna have some fucking issues because that's beyond oh my god the trash bags my dad had to watch me <laughs> go through what and do you mean? keep his mouth and like bite his tongue and not fucking say anything the the guys oh I people did- that you air quote dated yeah. yeah those guys don't count for anything but still the fact that my dad was able to keep his mouth shut not once did he ever well that's the great thing about your dad he probably said all kinds of shit he just said it real s- quick and under his breath he muttered it to himself so no uh, one heard yeah. it yeah oh, yeah that's still because that's his style mm-hmm. my favorite part so nicknames my favorite part of the season of Survivor I'm watching is there's this woman who is so full of shit she just got voted off actually. But she like exaggerates everything. She's an expert at fucking everything. She's been in the Air Force and she's like an aerospace engineer and she's been a model. And And that's why you were so happy that she still got voted off. I love that she got voted Mm -hmm. off. But what's funny is the producers or whoever did her so dirty because every time she spits some new BS, you know, when it says like Frank Smith, 46, and then it has like, uh, you know, Carpenter underneath. Every time she would like switch to a new thing of BS, the it would be writers that. would change her occupation. So her hers name. was constantly changing. She had like five with whatever different, story her yep, she was she had, telling like, that five week. different occupations mm-hmm. listed before they I finally voted her out. People. <laughs> I know, but I really appreciated that level of detail. I thought it was so funny. God bless him. I can't wait for you to get caught up to the season with the. I'm just waiting for it to be on Hulu. Like I said, it they end at season 38, so I'm sure it'll be on there in the next, know. you know, few months or so. But yeah. come you know. on, Hulu! Come on, Hulu! Get together. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're watching. Oh, my outfit! Oh my god, I always forget about your outfit of the week, which is really sad because you always put so much time into and it. It's fine. So I did not dress as Freddy Krueger tonight because. I know I make an amazing Freddy Krueger. And if we really want to, we have pictures of you as Freddy that and we that's can what use. I, no, that's what I'm saying. I've got Freddy. Yep. I did bring my little Freddy plushies, mm-hmm. both of them. I have two little itty-bitty friends here snuggling Freddy's with animals. us tonight. I really like the little, little tiny one. The littlest one. So cute. I know. Because he's got his little claws. Yep. I'll take pictures of him. Put him and on Instagram. This week, I could just really fucking relate to Nancy. Yep. To Heather Langenkamp's character. Because just all throughout all the movies, like she keeps saying the same shit over and over again. And no one's fucking listening to her. Like, just fucking listen. <laughs> I'm listening to you, B. Just listen. And then like surviving off of coffee and drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling my hair going gray. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm really having some fucking Ooh. Nancy vibes this week. Me getting older. <laughs> Birthday week is real fun. <laughs> but I was excited to dress up as her tonight. So I And it's a comfy outfit. It is a comfy outfit. I'm basically doing her from the waist up. And, yes. And the thing I'm trying to go for is technically in the movie, she's like wearing a pajama set, mm-hmm. but she has a jacket on because at this point she's trying to leave the house, not realizing her mom's fucking barred the whole thing up. Yeah. Like it's fucking Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. You need some great special effects makeup. Yeah. Right. I've got. I was wearing a different sweater. When I was putting the makeup on, it is currently covered in lip gloss. Yeah. <laughs> because I've got my bloody bandage and it's ideal for a mom in their 30s. I don't have any makeup on and I've got the bags under my eyes, which I enhanced with more dark makeup. Yes. And then I added loads of translucent powder to just make myself as pale as possible. Just I had dried you, out and tired. Right. I had you make me coffee. Yes. It's What more can I ask for? It's the best. <laughs> it really is. This is one of the greatest costumes ever. And to be fair, like I said, she's epic. And I don't like to dress up as the victims. But in my mind, like she's not a victim. She's a fucking badass. Yeah. She's in there getting it done. Yeah. And she comes back time and time again to fucking put Freddie in his place. And so I'm happy to be Nancy tonight. Love it. Mm -hmm. We love it. I loved our look last week. I thought that was so underrated and great for all of our looks. I really appreciated the quality of picture, the detail. You know what I don't appreciate? Hmm. Your fucking piece of shit husband getting in on his first try. A first try. One was like like a piece of shit. (laughs) One shot. One take. One like he didn't even try. No. Nope. Like, did he even look? <laughs> no. Did he even look to see what he was doing? <laughs> and got the best picture. One of, well, I guess it's one of his hidden talents. Um, so yep. If you want to see pictures, you can check out our Instagram THC Podcast. You can check out. Honestly, I don't do anything on Twitter, but if you want to go on there, it's THC True. But I don't. If even, you talk to us on Twitter, how how do we not respond? I mean, that'll happen. Well, I don't go on Twitter, so they could be talking to us on Twitter right now, and I have no idea. You'd get notifications. Okay, fine, fair enough. True, I would assume. True, I I like I said, I'm not a big uh, Twitter. I don't even know how Twitter works. I tried to go on there the other day to read because AOC was just like lighten somebody up on Twitter. And I really wanted to see that. And I couldn't figure out how to read what was happening. Cause everyone was I like, I fucking hate Twitter. Retweet, I can't retweet, pick, retweet, I retweet. I'm like, but where do I find the original thread where AOC is ripping this guy apart? Agreed. I can't figure that shit out either. So anyways, THC podcast on Instagram, true Hollywood crime on Facebook. Um, you know, we're doing stuff. We're on all the streaming sites. All of them now. All of them. Apple, baby. Uh, if you could rate us, if you could tell a friend about us, that would be awesome. And if not, you're still awesome. Because we know you're there. We know you're there. We're averaging. I'll tell you later. But, you know. <laughs> we guys, know. There's more than three, which blows our mind every, every single, single time. time we do this. Oh. The fact that there's more than three <gasps> blows my mind. Okay, really quick before we sign off, I just looked up. Is there a spider? No. Okay, sorry, I got scared. Okay, it's giving me Freddy Krueger vibes. Oh, because in the first movie, uh huh, when Tina 
is sleeping. No, maybe it's Nancy. Oh, well, whoever. Whoever's sleeping. Freddy cr- comes through a, like, latex sheet. Mm-hmm. He, like, presses his face. Yes, I remember. Right? And so I'm looking up, and Lou's got it covered with the the sheet. Yeah, Lou, my husband put, I think it's felt. Just to help with the sound. To mm-hmm. help with the, um, the echo. The echo, which, by the way. I feel so bad this pod shed. Lou put so much work in try and me decorating it to try to keep it from being echoey. And what I realized is that it wasn't necessarily the pod shed. It's because those first like two or three episodes, we were holding the microphones incorrectly. Yeah. And now it doesn't matter where we are as long as we're holding the mics at the, the right position. The way we're supposed to. Yeah. We could, that's why when we're in my bedroom, it sounds it's the exact fine. same as when we're in here because yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. But whatever. Anyway, hey, it's giving us fucking Freddy <laughs> Scott Freddy vibes. Right? I just try to ignore how many spiders are living inside of it. No. So, yeah, in the original, it's just like literally the most simple thing. It's like a spandex. Yep. And his face. And him, yeah, and him pressing through it. And then in the remake, they try to CGI that shit to make it look. No. Just you, literally have him press his face. Right, it wasn't latex. like a cool thing to begin with. And then you're going to try to CGI that no. shit to make it something like, come on, get a life. Too much CGI. Get a life. <laughs> Learn how to make a movie. Consult the fucking G's. <laughs> That's right. On that note, hey. happy birthday, Bailey. Thanks. You want to go eat a mushroom? Yes. Please. Yes. It's been a hard week. It's B's birthday weekend. It's COVID. Celebrate. So we can't really celebrate, but the two of us can get drunk. Right. So cooties all day. That's right. Happy birthday, B. Hey. If you listened, thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Hey, guys. It's Em. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know that that song at the very beginning is definitely not my song. I have no music talent whatsoever. That was a TikTok I played by Kenna Ruth Music on TikTok. That's Kenna dot ruth dot music on tiktok um, a really talented singer and i love and enjoy her tiktoks and her songs so definitely not me it's her check her out hope you guys are having a great time hope you loved the episode i'll see you next time bye